Our riches are in Him. I just keep hearing that. Our riches are in Him. Our answer isn't from the world. Our answer isn't in the world. Our answer is in Him. I just, I don't know, I just get a sense that there are some people that are looking for an answer this morning, that are waiting for an answer, that have been praying for something. Is that, if that's you, could you raise your hand? Anybody looking for an answer on something? Raise your hand. Look around. Instead of greeting time this morning, instead of greeting each other, if you could look around and find somebody that has their hand raised and just pray for them, that they will get the answer that they need, that they're looking for. Raise your hand high if you're looking for an answer. Raise it up there. Okay, surround these people. Let's pray for them, and let's just ask the Lord to bring the answer that they're looking for this morning. If we could pray. All right, and as we're finishing up here, look next to the look to the person next to you and tell them that you have the answer. You have the answer. Amen. So, good morning. I have a couple of things. One, uh, fair, fairly quite serious, but not, uh, you know, they're still rejoicing in the middle of it. If you've received the email this week uh, that uh, Warren Utech passed away uh, this week, and that tomorrow will be the funeral, and uh, we're going to be uh, um, having the, the memorial service here, and uh, there'll be lots of Lots of stuff that need to be done. We need to switch the sanctuary over from the service where all the chairs and everything are set up to tables. And so if some of the the strapping young men and strapping women uh, would like to help out with that um, and help uh, put that together between the the, uh, memorial service and the lunch, we'll be doing that. But um, I want to read these verses, and I just want to read a couple here um, of what I'm actually going to be sharing tomorrow. Um, and it's out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It says, for, every, for everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. So you can see why I'm sharing that verse, these verses uh, tomorrow. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. Um, I have a very special announcement this morning. Um, For the last year and a half, and it's really been longer than that, we've been talking about uh, building classrooms on the the side of the building here. We've been raising money for a year and a half. We've been moving towards that. um, And uh, we had said, uh, I had said uh, back a year and a half ago that our first goal uh, to reach was $200,000 to start and it'd be $300,000 to finish. And what that meant is, I don't know what that meant. It just meant that I felt like right around $200,000, we would have enough to start moving, uh, start uh, digging ground, uh, putting on the concrete, the walls, the sea, the roof, and that sort of thing. And uh, so we've been raising money for a year and a half. Uh, a few months ago, we actually hit 140000 Now it's actually 156, and another sixteen has come in over the last uh, six to eight weeks. 
But when we hit about 140,000, um, it was on my heart. I, as I was praying, I felt like I was supposed to start looking into what it would take to actually do it. You know, I mean, to, what is the real answer? You can have all kinds of thoughts of what you should and can and how and, and what things are going to cost. And uh, that's why I said about, you know, 200,000 will start. And I felt led to go to the architect and start asking questions, start getting more serious and more defined about what we're doing, and uh, began to meet with him. And I said, well, we have this much money now. And he got a big smile on his face and he says, when do you want to start? And I said, well, uh, I don't know. I guess, you know, I, I didn't know if this was possible or whatever. Um, and we began to, 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 to decide what that would look like and, and what that would cost to get there. So in the last uh, four weeks, we've been uh, meeting with him, meeting with the, the committee, a uh, group of people, uh, staff, and some leaders who've had some building experience, some design experience, and working on it on some designs. So now when you be first begin a project like this, you know, you think, well, we don't have anything, so anything is better than nothing. And so this was the first uh, drawing we came up with uh, after, uh, that would be your cue. <laughs> Ricky's so enthralled with what I, uh, that, was the, that was the first drawing. I thought that's, that's what we could afford, you know, a, a, a small log cabin in the woods uh, would be, uh, you know, we could put some class, you see some tables and chairs in there and well, then you begin to start praying over it, and you, you actually begin to, to get faith and, and you know, start hearing the voice of the Lord. And so then you start thinking big. You start thinking, let's just let's go for it. What, what God, what could, what could we build here if, if, if money was no object? And then this was the, well, that was the, that's what it looked like in place, yeah. So then, then the next step would, would be, the, what, what, is the, what, what could we do? Nothing. No, not that. I, I, forgot, I forgot what order they were in. There, that's what we're talking about. No? That doesn't work? Oh, okay. So, we, uh, we, we quickly threw that idea out, and uh, it might be a little too much. And then, so then uh, we began to work on some real drawings. And if you notice, the addition on the left-hand side um, basically had the, the things that we talked about needing. We, we talked about wanting classrooms. It's for, it's for the adult classes. On Wednesday nights, uh, we're using every room in the building, uh, including my office, uh, 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 Peter's office. There's, there's people in different groups and offices. And so what we're looking at doing is adding four meeting spaces, four classrooms. The top one uh, is the, uh, the, the large one is a, uh, a classroom that'll seat 45 to 55, 60. The next one down is, uh, will seat about 30, uh, 25 to 35 at tables. The next room down, uh, you see the two, there's two uh, uh, storage rooms off to the side, but there's, the next one down is a conference room uh, that'll seat 10, a table in the middle and 10. And then below it, we could put another classroom there, but when we were talking, a lot of times our meetings are just more casual. And, and uh, Bible study, I know Vern and, and Mary with the Freedom Group uh, is meeting, been meeting out in the table or on the couches out here in the foyer and uh, something more casual, more relaxed. And so we had talked about having a fireside room there. Somebody had already donated a fireplace, and we would uh, turn that into a, fi uh, a fireside room, and uh, so on and so forth. Well, 
as like I said, everything takes uh, generations, things. The more you talk about it, uh, back two and a half, three years ago, we had talked about, you know, if we were, next time we build, we really need to have uh, some other spaces built into it that make more sense uh, because we're growing. Uh, we as a church are growing, and one of the problems we have is, you know, we, we actually like each other, and so we fellowship. <laughs> We fellowship uh, quite a bit, and the foyer gets so full, so busy after service, before service, and uh, at some point, if, if we ever had to go to two services during a switchover period, the foyer is, is too small. And so um, in the, the discussions, we said, okay, if we, had to, if we just took this completely out of the box and uh, began to look at uh, what we really could do with the space that we have... Uh, this was the next, oh, I'm sorry, so before you do that, notice that the, the space, the large classroom, is about exactly, is a little bit bigger than the classroom, the, the youth room that we have right now, in, in size comparison. The uh, middle classroom is a little bit bigger than the media, or the middle classroom over here, and uh, the far back classroom is bigger, or the, the uh, uh, fireside room was bigger than that. Uh, room and then the nursery is a little bit bigger than the conference room that's sitting there. So that's what that those pictures are. Is just kind of a comparison of of what size are we talking about? All right, go ahead and go to the next picture. This is the final drawing. This is where this is where we're at right now. We've taken this to the to the architect, and I'll explain what this does. Uh, we still have the large classroom on top that still seats forty five to fifty five. Uh, in uh, with around tables. The middle classroom seats 25 to 35 around tables. But one of the things we had talked about was the foyer. And, and we had had, you know, back way back two and a half years ago, we had actually talked about not having anything in that lower part, what's now the office wing, and uh, clearing that completely out and having offices off to the side. But what we did is kind of a middle compromise. And so if you look down, there's three, three offices on the left-hand bottom corner with a small classroom. This says classroom number three. I know that's very small for you to see. But that's classroom number three, which will actually be set up with couches and chairs and more of a, a, a comfortable seating area, but it'll seat about 10 to 15 people. Uh, in, so you could have a Bible study in there, the prayer group that meets on Wednesdays could meet in there, and so on. Uh, that the one that's labeled conference room is my office. It is what is my office now. That'll be cut off and turned into a conference room. And that that room is actually still bigger than the conference room we had designed. And so the next room over is what is Pastor Karen's office right at the moment. That'll become the workroom. And then for nice, who's doing that? Way back there. Very nice. So. From the, the workroom over will actually be taken out, and that will all become foyer um, and, uh, and uh, fellowship area. And uh, one, you know, a number of different things we can do with that. One of the things is that Gojo Coffee will probably move, or, move over to there to a fellowship area and so on. But you know, a lot of things need to happen. And then the existing seating area there becomes the fireside room. We'll actually put the fireplace there. Uh, in that area, and that becomes... So we actually get everything that we had wanted, plus more. We actually have uh, the four classrooms, the classroom one, two, three, and the conference room, the four classrooms, plus much more foyer area, and uh, fellowship area, and so on. We can even, for uh, conferences and such, we could set up out there with tables, uh, and we don't have to be switching over. 
all the time like we do now, back and forth with this, using this as double duty. And so when we began to, to, to narrow this down and get the actual uh, plan in place, um, we started looking at the finances. And when I took it to the architect, he had a big smile on his face. He says, how much do you have? And I said, well, we have about 156000 right now on hand. He says, I guarantee you'll have a, a concrete floor, three walls, a roof. Everything will be enclosed for weather. Everything will be in place. And it may be even just a little bit cheaper than that. And so we begin August 1st. <gasps> So, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, that's the thing. When you begin, I, you know, I had never done a building project. I've been pastoring for over 25 years, but I had, I had never, I've been a part of them with other churches and watched them happen and always had fear and intrepidation uh, doing it. But being a part of it has been so amazing. In a year and a half, we've raised 100, over $150,000. Uh, fo- and it's this congregation. It's all come from you. You are such a blessing. Uh, So good to see what God has done through you and uh, for us as his spirit leads. Amen? Amen. So the special announcement is this, that next Sunday after the service, we're going to be having a groundbreaking ceremony. And so uh, I I had, uh, uh, we'll we'll put a video on the the Facebook uh, page and on the internet uh, or on the uh, website uh, I actually did an, an announcement, a video announcement for the leaders because we weren't able to pull everybody together uh, in where I had a, a yellow uh, emergency vest and my hard hat and, uh, and a shovel. And so we'll put that on there to just kind of give you an idea how dumb that can be. Um, but uh, next week, I encourage you all to bring a shovel. Uh, you know, if you bring a shovel, be a part of the groundbreaking. Kids, uh, bring, bring uh, whatever shovel you... Yeah, I want you to work. What is that, dude? He looked at me like, what? A shovel? We're going to dig the whole thing next Sunday. It's going gonna, it's gonna to save so much money. So, and that's, that's the nice part about this project and working with this architect. The architect is uh, Steve Urban out of Lake Elmo, just three miles down the road. Uh, it's what he does all over the region. He builds churches. And one of the things he does is he understands that in churches there's talent and there's, there's uh, workers. So, I mean, when we, we're talking 150, 160, we're, we're talking it could be cheaper than that, maybe, but it depends on how much uh, labor, uh, volunteer labor we can get, which brings that price down. Now, the finished project... All the interior stuff, because that's not any interior walls. That's not all the interior wiring. It's not all the 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 all the. It's still going to be about three hundred thousand when we get all done. But we can at least get it in, and then this winter, when another fifteen, twenty, fifty thousand comes in, we can be putting up walls. We can be putting electrical. We can be working where it's warm uh, interior. So it's very exciting. But next Sunday, right after service, we'll be having that groundbreaking ceremony. Bring your shovels. Be a part of it and the youth group is going to have food afterwards, so we'll, you'll have plenty of energy at that point to, uh, to do that. Let's pray, and we'll receive the offering. <clears throat> Father, you're so good. Father, we give you the glory this morning. You, look what you have done. And Lord, I thank you that you are using your people to do a marvelous work, marvelous things, a lot of fun. Not only just 
the money and the building. But Lord, we've already heard from Amber. We, we've already heard, we'll hear from Vern and Mary and, and uh, Wayne and Patty about what you're doing here locally and all over the world to change people's lives, to touch lives for the kingdom of God. And so these buildings, this, this building is only just a part of it, just part of the plan, it's a thing. But Lord, we know, we know that the most important person in this room is you. We thank you, Father, for who you are and what you've done for us. And this morning, as we give, we give with a glad heart, we give with joy, and we give uh, not of compulsion, but out of, out of the desire to see your kingdom continue to move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. What? Oh, my, my wife. Okay, so you all know me. Most of you know me. I, I am the visionary. Woo! let's go, follow me, let's go over the cliff. Um, <laughs> my wife is the very detailed person, so she, I have to put in a disclaimer, that may change slightly, or it might change as the architect, you know. So it's not, yes, it's, it's not absolutely exactly the way to look. It won't look exactly like that. Praise God, thank, isn't that, Renee, aren't you glad it won't look exactly like that? Yeah. <laughs> I already had to warn her before the service. Uh, so, so Renee is our interior designer. She de- she's designed everything in here, the colors, the, how things look. And I said, I'm going to put a drawing up. I'm sorry, it's not to your caliber. It's, it's going to scare you. I apologize. It's going to offend you. But just, you know, love me anyway afterwards. So, yes, it won't look exactly like that. I promise. That's the cartoon version of uh, what it will look like. All right. Praise the Lord. So this morning, um, we, or the last couple of weeks, we've been praying for uh, Vernon Mary and, and Wayne and Patty. They, they, had take, they had gone over to Belarus uh, under the, uh, the uh, invitation of Pastor Pavel Anasov and the church in Minsk, Belarus. And uh, when he came back, uh, they'd been sharing some testimonies with me, and I thought, you know, we need to hear this. This is what God is doing through us, through this church. I mean, praise God for, for the, the community meal, and praise God for the local outreaches. You know, they, uh, we have people that are going out weekly and witnessing and sharing the love of God. Um, all the things that the youth group are doing, I mean, just everything that's going on is amazing. But the Bible says that we should have a world vision. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said, go to Jerusalem, your hometown, Judea, your region. The St. Croix River Valley is our region. The, the church in Prescott is part of the region outreach, and we're doing that. We're planting churches in the River Valley. Um, but he also said to go to Samaria. Samaria is the place you don't want to go to. You know, they, the Samaritan, the Jews and the Samaritans didn't like each other. And so Samaria is the place you don't like to go to. Like, and I always use the example of Beldenville. Uh, you know, it's just, it, it's a... <laughs> I actually preached that sermon when I was in Hungary uh, a while back, and the pastor kept saying, Bulgaria. I mean, Bulgaria. Every, every time I would say Samaria, he'd go, Bulgaria. Huh? Albania. I'm sorry, Albania. But apparently, they're all the same over there, aren't they? For those of you who don't know Peter, he's our youth minister. He's also from Hungary. So, you know, they're not all the same over there. So... Samaria. But then it says to go into the uttermost parts of the earth. Praise God that, that he has given us the ability to reach out around the world. So I want to have uh, Reverend Vern and Mary Norton, if you want to come up, and Wayne and Patty, come up as you're led to share. And uh, let's give them a warm welcome.
Well, good morning. I'd like to have you open your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter uh, 20. And I'm going to do a little bit of groundwork of laying from the Gospel uh, about direction, and uh, uh, then uh, Wayne and Patty can get up, and then uh, towards the end I'm going to share a little bit more. But uh, uh, when we left here to go into Belarus, uh, we're carrying with us the foundation that was laid in this church by Pastor Dan and Claudia, and now uh, uh, with uh, John and Debbie and the, and the crew that works here. And uh, to travel with Wayne and Patty and my wife, we had uh, uh, almost a perfect union. We never had any type of discord of any kind because that's basically the, the foundation has been laid by the leadership here. And we carried with us not only that, but the problem solving uh, power that comes from the leadership here, we carried that in to help uh, Pastor Andre in Minsk, Belarus. And as we traveled north into, uh, into the Church of Nowhere, uh, it was one where we encountered the supernatural. And uh, there will be more to be said about that as I lay the foundation from the gospel, starting in John chapter 20, verse 24. Now, you may hear things spoke from the pulpit today that you've never heard before. But again, on the other side, you've got a whole Bible that you read, that you have read about the birth of Jesus and the death and burial or resurrection of Jesus, I'd like to have everybody raise their hand that's seen it. Oh, okay. I'm glad nobody raised their hand. Uh, but again, we're going to be talking now about uh, 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 an incident here. When Wayne shares, we're going to be talking to you about what was shared with us, a revival that started in 1931 and went through several times, and we heard about things there that Wayne will share with you. And uh, I will share some stuff towards the end about that. And it says in verse 24, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Now Jesus appeared to the eleven others now, and they're going to talk to Thomas about what happened. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen, this is a testimony now, that what they seen in G when Jesus appeared. Now you're going to hear what Thomas is going to say. Thomas, but he said unto them, Except I see the, the, in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of his nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. One translation says, I'll never be made to believe. Another one says, I refuse to believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were with him. And Thomas then came, uh, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. 
Now, Pastor John just got up and there was a call here to raise money. The building wasn't up yet. The money wasn't in, but people had to believe to give. What he was stating caused the belief for people to reach in their pocket and come up with 156000 You hadn't seen the building, but you believed. Isn't that true? But Wayne is going to talk to you about a testimonies that we were talked to by a 36-year-old pastor whose grandfather was involved, and I'd like to have Wayne come and share what it was said. I better have Patty up here with me because she was in the back seat by the interpreter, so I got some of the headlines. But um, the pastor was giving us a ride around the area, around the church, and he was telling us that, yep, they tried to start something over here, like the Polish government started, wanted to start something over here. They built a building, and the, root of, the wood in it rotted almost within a year. So everything they tried, they moved out. So you know how in the Old Testament, how God set apart the land? And then on the other side, there's like a big field. And weren't they going to build like a military something or ammo or whatever? Then that didn't work. So then they thought, well, they'll put a farm up there and it'll stink them out, you know. The farm never worked. It was set apart by God for them. That was supernatural. Everything they tried failed. The land is open. They got a little place there alongside the church where they remember what happened and that little park for them. But as we're as we're riding around, he was showing us different places where he took us to where what was his grandfather lived, and they had a house back there. They had a lot of bees back there too, didn't they, Mary? But anyway, there was a house there and a farm there. And when the Germans came through, they just put the whole family in the barn, lit it on fire, burned the people inside. I think there were 17 or 19 of them. Two got away. And all this devastation happened. And for two years, they didn't have a church. And then they started the church up again, but it took God to start it up again, the way I understood it, that the people were grieving so bad. They were grieving so bad, the loss of their families, you know, the ones that were alive, and oh, just grieving and grieving, and the Holy Ghost laughter came upon them. After about two years, and I know what that's about, Pastor John knows what that's about, but, you know, last year we heard a story about a man, the people we stayed with, he said he was born in the ground. And it's like, I don't understand, born in the ground. So, um, Pastor Pablo was there to interpret for us one day, and he goes, because the Germans were coming through, they hid in the ground. And he was born in the ground. And he said, this goes back, this is just confirmation what the pastor, he's 36 years old, he could do something on the History Channel because it was amazing. 
Um, but it, it confirmed what the pastor said the year before. What happened in that church. Where people were actually floating in the air. And the laughter came and all this other stuff came. But something else happened that we didn't hear last year. That the pastor who started the church came into that church. Because he heard something nuts was going on there. Something crazy was going on there. So he was going to correct the situation, which you would do, right, Pastor John? If something crazy was going on, you'd correct, you'd face it, and you'd correct it. So anyway, he went there, and he walked in, and the same thing happened to him. And he said, <laughs> he said, I was going to come in there to correct you, but he says, keep doing what you're doing. It was being open to God. It was being open to God. What he wants to do. And this is so on my heart because, because we're going up to another church with a youth group. And, and he says, yeah, he goes, we, we've started 50 churches. And it's over a period of time. So my spiritual antennas went up. And as he spoke, I dialed it in a little closer so I get the full aspect of it. And, you know, it was exciting because I thought, that's what we're doing here at River Valley Christian Church. And he goes, this town doesn't have a church over here. We're going to start one here. We want to start one here. And we want even going to Russia, you know. And... He's going on and on, and I thought, yes, you know, just, you know, God's the same today, yesterday, and forever, right? So I'm, th- so later on the next day, I'm thinking, well, things are different over there. Well, you know, different circumstances, and so then this verse come up to me. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. See, the devil wants to steal that from us. But he's not getting it. He's, I was excited for this church and what they're doing. I'm excited for them also over there. And I thank you for your prayers. Can I add a little bit more about the youth? That's why we went. But, but you know, um, we went to minister to the youth. And, you know, it says freely give. Freely you receive, freely give. And that verse in Romans 1.11 came up to me where Paul says, I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you. And I was reading in, you know, last year I, I read that verse in a whole different light after we got back. And um, then I found a thing in Rick Renner's Sparkling Gems. And he explains it. Sparkling Gems too, if you have it. May 20th and July 20th, I believe. And he's a Greek scholar, a Greek theologian, or a pastor, all of the above. And we went over there and we're... Vern get done speaking, he goes, Wayne, do you have something? And, you know, he'd ask all of us if we had something. Most of the time we did. But, 
and um, it was good. And the, pe- the youth were hungry. They wanted to receive. And they received. <laughs> Nothing from us, but from the Lord. And it's like one day we're praying for people. Vern said, you take that side, we'll take this side. <laughs> but the power of God was so there. And their receivers were open. And God was doing a mighty work in them. And it explains that verse. That there's many, I don't want to stay up here too long, but I want to stay up here long enough to complete this. Where he's saying that, you know, how you hang around someone or you spend time with someone that's really on fire for God, it rubs off on you. It rubs off on you. But he was saying like spiritual gifts. One of the explanations he put to help strengthen, to help reinforce, you know, what their call is on their life. And he gives us an example in one of them, and it's, it says about the vine growing, you know, the produce grapes. And it says they pound that metal rod in, and there's a little stick there, and he says it grows up and starts wrapping around and wrapping around till it starts producing grapes. It's enforcing that, that bush. And I believe that's what we were there for. And much more that we were probably unaware of. But it was totally the Lord's soul. And I was, I was sitting there today, I thought, the value. As I look around, I see some youth. The value there. The future there. It's a big commitment. But I always remember what Pastor Dan always said back in the day. It costs a lot to follow Jesus, but it costs a lot more not to. Morning. This was my first trip overseas. <laughs> Starting at age 65, never too late, right? <laughs> but um, anyway, it was amazing to me to see, you know, when what all that they went through with the Germans slaughtering all those people over there. But the story that that pastor told us about the book of John floating down the river on like a wooden raft is what reached them. Just the book of John. Now, where did that come from? They don't know. We know it came from God. But that's what started everything. And that to me was just so amazing because back then they didn't really have a lot of stuff. But the... The verse that the Lord gave me the last Sunday that we were here before we left was, less of me and more of you. And what that equals is unity. And what it equals is love. And that's where the power comes from. And we walked in that unity, in that power, and we saw that everywhere that we went. It was amazing. Thank you.
Remember the verses that I give you at the beginning. We heard uh, not only the testimony from this 36-year-old man about people floating in the air. He told us one testimony that a woman fell out in, in the congregation out on the front when hands were laid on her, and she floated up to the ceiling in the air. Now remember, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. That is a testimony where it bared witness to my heart. But again, on the other side, when he talked about people walking on water during this, this time, I read certain accounts about the Azusa Street Revival and the Welch Revival that I not seen, but I believed. See, I, I'm believing for a revival here like that. Amen. See, I, I got that in my heart. I caught it like a baseball. There's a guy with a big catcher's mitt behind, the, behind the, the batter, and he catches the ball. I caught it in the spirit realm. Now, what are you going to do with it? You're going to catch it? When Pastor John gets up here and talks about the 24 churches, and they're talking about 50 over there, we talked about me going over or us going over and laying hands on them so they could catch the vision of what we're doing. They had it before we got there. We laid hands on the youth, they were like sponge. Not only once, but they kept recycling. And they kept coming more and more. I had an altar call for kids that were depressed, and a bunch of them come forward. And I said to the, to the interpreter, I said, you know, there, you know, it seems like there's a lot of depression. She come from the border of Finland in the, in the old USSR, and she said, it's on me. I'm afraid. They lived 70 years under the communism. We've never experienced that as Americans, thank God. But there's a move in this church and there needs to be obedience. We met with Pastor Andre, he's 28 years old, and he's got a little kid named Mark. Mark come in the room and he got it down right now, he's doing push-ups and he go like this. He's feel my muscles, feel my muscles. Isn't that what he did? That's Pastor Andre's son. And I, I, I looked at him and I thought, they must have been feeding him Wheaties. <laughs> but he was such a joy. But he, on the other side, we're looking at Pastor Andre. We met with him and he's got some problems in the church. And we talked to him about our loyalty to the pastorship here. We talked to him about what we have here where we're loyal to our pastor. We're loyal to the things. We're loyal to the things that he says, to the things that he does. That's, that's backing him up like the men that held Moses' arms up. You have no idea how valuable you are. As a congregation, as a vision, you, have, you don't even have a clue. You're a treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. You're the power of God. He's the potter, we're the clay, and he's designed this church to keep reaching up and keep building and keep going. What God started through Pastor Dan and Claudia has been passed off to Pastor John and into the leadership here. And we're the, we're the engine, we're the engine that backs up the pastor and what we need to do. We're the engine. Faith worketh by love. And I'm looking at the youth over there. 
And they're pulling on me in the spirit realm. They're pulling on the gift of God that's come in me. You're the, we're a treasure in earthen vessels, but we're the temple of the living God. That's what the Bible says. I jumped on people, on people. Me and Wayne and Patty and Mary laying hands on people. There's kids laying on the floor. They received what God sent us to give. And that was the love of God, the strength of God, the anointing of God, the refreshing of God. Anya, our interpreter, uh, she's just a jewel. She works for YWAM. Her and her husband. But we come under the anointing of the church. Pastor John was so right to put his hands and pray for us and send us out. But there's a corporate anointing on this church that we carried, we walked in it, we lived in it, and thank God we had it. You have it. We're a body of believers that comes together. They're going to build here next week. And they're going to start building a building out here. There's going to be an addition back here. And it's all for more people. It's brick and mortar. But it's all about people. It's all about people like us. And I had kids come and talking to me. Saying, do you think I'm called? And I, there was just a, a ton of girls in there. And some of the things, can I be a minister? Can I do this? Can I do this? And I said, you girls are powerhouses waiting to go out and get people. There was an encouragement to the young ladies in that by the spirit of the living God that could only come from God. And the 36-year-old pastor, who uh, there's four generations, right? A pastor is there. And me and Wayne and Patty and Mary worked together because we had the oil of the Holy Ghost. We had not one problem, not one thing set where we weren't working together. Wayne would talk to me and give me instruction about what to do when we were in Sioux Falls in Amsterdam. I followed his direction because what he was saying from the Spirit of God, and I followed it. And it worked. And again, that unity that needs to be in here to, fat, to, to, to follow the leadership here needs to be passed down so that the youth can pick it up. How obedient are you, uh, mother and father? We, had, we stayed with an older couple that would wait up for us to come home at night. Their light would be on. They'd be sitting there waiting for us to come in like parents. I was so honored to be there. Me and Wayne and Patty talked about it, Mary. What, a, what an absolute, they, the light would be on until we walked in. And then she'd fix us porridge, or they called it manna for breakfast. What a privilege we have to work together like this. What an honor we have to be a church that's got the vision. What an absolute blessing it is to go over and walk into what the Islers started in, 19, in 1992. And I wish they were here today because the unfolding of the vision that the Islers had has been carrying on in this church by sending us over there to, to, to refresh them and we get refreshed. Yes, amen. But we got a, we got a, a call here. We got a purpose here. That comes from the Commander-in-Chief, Jesus Christ. And it's all about following in unity and love. It's all about doing it together. 
We can do more together than we can be splintered parts. We can do more accomplished working together in a love walk and a unity walk because the unity we had was fueled by the love of God. And the desire we have to be like the the leadership here that reaches out and is going to keep reaching out. We're in the beginning phase of the biggest happening in this area in the history of America. It's called revival. And I like to lay hands on the kids just receive it. They got up off the ground and they come right back for more. How hungry are you? How hungry are you for Christ? How hungry are you for the things of God? When I'm laying hands in there talking to me, I got a vision to serve Jesus. Can I do it? I said, don't back away from it. Don't back away. Go, go, go. Because the Bible says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. As we watch, we see the Bible school start here this week in a sense of Karis being in here. That's another aspect of God adding to the congregation, adding to his vision that will work through the people because the people are where God's vision is dissimulated. It reaches out from us to the community. How important are we to God? Because every Christian is very important because Christ died for us. Isn't that the truth? The truth is sets us free. We got a design to do. We got a calling to do. Here I am 74 years old and I'm out laying hands on youth. That's probably Peter's job. How did I get there? How did we get there? That was God's design. And what I love about it is Pastor John picked it up. And laying hands, it's so important that we had that. We are carrying what God has given to this congregation. Please understand you're so important to God. You're needed, you're loved, and special. And we talked to that about the youth there. They have a lot of things going on in Belarus that we don't have happening here. We are not part of the Russian Federation. And we don't have that mantle hanging over of the fear of the Soviets coming or the Germans coming or all that stuff that happened to the people. They said at one time there was 32,000 Germans in that area and they just killed everybody. There were so many dead people that a plague come from the dead carcasses and killed a bunch of people. We were told that. And yet we got a force here called freedom. If freedom in Christ, freedom to do, freedom to come and go, that's something we need to hold on to with a pastor and a church that believes in it. We need to hold a dear to our hearts what we have. Because we were around people, the pastor we stayed with was 75 years old. He was the one that was born in the ground. We have a call and a purpose that God wants to be generated and we need to be on fire. People look at me and they say, well, you're really on. I don't want to lose my fire. And I never will. Because it's something that God give me so that I can reach out and tell you that things happened there where people floated in the air, they walked on water, all because of God's power showed up and they did it. The building will be built here because you guys give 
and that's to the glory of God. But we know as a, as a pastor, I go through the same battles you go through on a daily basis. I got the same flesh to deal with. I got the same problems. At 74, I'm getting wrinkles I never thought I'd get before. <laughs> but on the other side, look at where we're at. Look at what we can do for Christ. We can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth us. Now, one last thing I want to share with you. We were going on our way from our place where we stayed, and I'm riding in a car with a music minister from another church. And he says, do you know that where you are at that church in nowhere, that's well, everybody in the country knows about the revival that happened there. He said, I'm really having a hard time believing about people being floating in the air and walking on water. He said, I don't know if I can believe that. I said to him, are you saved? He looked at me and said, what do you mean? I said, evidently you don't believe the Bible. I said, were you there when Jesus was raised from the dead? And he looked at him. Were you there when Peter walked on the water? Were you there when Paul got bit by the snake? Did you see any of it? And he said, no. I said, yeah, by faith you're going to have to believe it. And he stopped and he looked at me and he said, I got it. And I said, I want to lay hands on you. And he's driving the car around the freeway, just going into the airport. And he said, don't do it, I'll fall out. <laughs> and, I, and he said, Will you lay hands on me? We're right on the freeway. Now listen what's going to happen. I said, I'm going to lay hands on you. There's cops, there's cars all along there. And he said, i got to look for a place to stop. Wayne's in the car behind me. And I said, I'm just waiting to get my hands on you. <laughs> and all the taxis are parked by the airport. We pull right up to the taxis. Wayne doesn't know what's happening. He gets out. He says, I want hands laid on me. I want, and he doesn't even know what's happening. And the pastor in the car behind doesn't even know. And me and this music minister get out. We get out onto the highway, and the other pastor steps out. Wayne doesn't know what's about to happen. And I'm telling the other, he don't even know. the. He, my uh, music minister speaks English, but the other guy doesn't even know what's about to happen. And I jump, me and Wayne, we jump right on him, right? And all these people are looking in cars as we're laying hands on them on the freeway. And they got it. They got it. Now, my question to you, are you going to get it? Because the, the job ahead of us, the calling of ahead of us, is when the marching order comes that John has received something from God, we need to get behind it, back him up, and go for it. That's how we take the land. You know, the pastor, the 36-year-old man, I'm sitting there, and I got up to pray for the youth, and, and uh, you know, they all come to get, Wayne took one side, and Patty took the other side, and they're laying on the floor, and then they got right up, and they wanted to get more. But the, I said to the pastor there, would you lay hands on us? And he laid hands on me, and I don't even know where I went. I only ended up in a chair, and he's laying hands on me. But all that was a protocol to honor who he was and what his calling is. Again, for the youth in here, 
You need to get involved with Pastor Peter and follow the things that are being done there. And you need to believe what is being said to you because you have to believe what the Bible says. I believe Jesus was raised from the dead and I had never seen it. I believe what the Bible says to me about everything written in there because my heart wants to have that as an absolute place of a surety of my Christianity. I don't have to see to believe. I believe without seeing. Because that's what my, my heart tells me to do. I believe we're called to do what God has called us to do and I believe we need to do it with a whole lot of zeal. Because that's what God's looking for. People on fire to do what He wants us to do. Is that not so? With that, I want to say to you, the unity that we had even with Pastor Andre when we were talking to him and Mark was there doing his push-ups. It was interesting to watch this pastor watch what has been taught to us about one accord. Because one accord is so much easier for a pastor to run a church where you've got people that are in line with him doing what he's, what he's asked you to do. And again, that's a really a critical thing about one plants, one waters, but God causes the increase. I would travel back over there with Wayne and Patty at any time because of the kindness and the way we work together. That should be amongst all of us. That should be our motto. That should be who we are. For all men will know that you're my disciples if you have bickering one to another. <laughs> it says love one toward another. And my, my whole thing was to honor the pastors there. That was Wayne and Patty and Mary's uh, calling. That's what we, why we were there. Whatever they said we would do. And we bent to that. Because it's far better to have that taste in the mouth that the Americans that are coming from this church here are in unity. They're in step with us. They're there to bless us. And we left that, we left that taste in their mouth that we come to love. Thank you very much for listening us to us today. Amen. God is good. Amen. So we're going to dismiss the service today, and uh, there is fellowship and, and such in the, in the foyer. But if you guys want to receive prayer from, from this team um, before you leave today, I encourage you to come up. And so uh, what we'll do is we'll dis I'll pray here, we'll dismiss. And then if you, if you want a fellowship, and I know you want a fellowship, do that in the foyer, in the small, tiny, little foyer uh, that we have. And uh, we will... Uh, let these guys, well, they'll pray for folks and minister. And if we have a couple of ushers to be with them, that'd be awesome. But God bless. Let's all stand.